You start out with a vision. The vision is grand because why not? You are in your mind. Once you work to make it a reality, things likely shift. This was true for T-Bone Rube, this week's guest in our Surrender series. He had an idea to create a spectacular show during the holidays with gifted performers, merry music, and then book that in Manhattan. Yet, circumstances were beyond his control. Need some inspiration, some encouragement? You're in the right place. We focus on confidence so you will believe in yourself more, passion so you will turn it into purpose, and gratitude so you will find gifts even in the hardest of times. I'm Rochelle Condi now, and this is Unabashed You. Hi, T-Bone, and welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored. It's always a pleasure. I enjoy our conversation. So let's jump right into getting to know you a little bit more. What's a current show that you're watching that you're enjoying? Oh, current show watching. Oh, my God. Hmm. Right now, the the one show that I'm currently watching, I mean, I've kind of been watching it for a while, but I just got to start getting back to it, is Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. Okay, yes. It is a very sweet show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For those of you who don't know it, um, it's basically, it's a series about these three three ladies from South Carolina, and they open up a spa, and they're just going through the comeuppance of daily life in the South while trying to run a respectable business. Right, right. And their friendships are so strong and sweet. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, that's, and, that's a good one. That's surprising, but I, I did watch it and enjoy it as well. Yeah, no, it's such a beautiful show. And, you know, it the, the whole theme of, like, family, sisterhood, loyalty, and community, too, because, really? like, especially, you know, everyone, like, down South, the hospitality, the attitude of, you know, you know, we're all in this together. Right. It's something that is very rare in any other area in the country, let alone the entire world. Right, right. Yeah, there is like that quote unquote southern hospitality or southern charm. Yeah, it, yeah, the friendships are very dear and there really isn't anything they wouldn't do for each other. So yeah, it That's is. Right. It's a very sweet show. Thank you for sharing that. What about your biggest crush growing up? Who was that? Or, you know. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Oh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, long before I reached puberty, like, um, it was really, I would really just have a crush on, like, you know, a lot of these, like, you know, a lot of the cele- the female celebrities that you would see in movies right. or, you know, certain pop icons, you know, like my, <laughs> my first crush, believe it or not, was R&B star Alicia Keys. Wow. That's pretty yeah. sophisticated taste for, for a crush. Yeah, oh my God. You know, no, I mean, oh man, it just like, I, I, I would love looking at, you know, you know, some of her modeling pictures for her albums and stuff like that. And of course, my mom loved her music. You know, right. she is a diehard, you know, R&B, soul pop fan. So, Well, that's yeah. a good one. And again, wonderfully surprising. I, I love that we're just, we're off to the races with these really fun, different kinds of answers that I, I would not have guessed. And that is why this is such a fun segment of the show, getting to know you better. 
What is mm-hmm. the thing you are most afraid of? And this would be kind of more on the uh, like a rational side. Oof! Wow, man. You know, one thing that I've always been afraid of mm-hmm. um, was, you know, labels. Oh, interesting. Labels. And I'm, I'm talking in a sense of, you know, because growing, you know, growing up diagnosed with, you know, autism at the age of three years old, and mm-hmm. especially being a musician and pursuing the t- particular genres that I pursue, uh, rockabilly, musical theater, doo-wop, jazz, mm-hmm. swing, and all those other sounds, you know, it's easy to, you know, have all these, you know, unpopular labels thrown at you. You're labeled a nerd, you're labeled a geek, you're labeled a loser, you're labeled, uh, you know, whatever the fancy name is that they throw at you. Right. You know, some of these have kind of learned to embrace, you know, because, you know, the older you get, you learn how to love yourself more. But there are always those those other those other names that, you know, they they pierce you like a knife, you know, and it's hard to get back from to recover from that. Right. Yes. And and gosh, where it's sort of like, where do we learn this unkindness at such an early age? You know, it it mm. it, it sort of it seems to me that people who bandy about those sort of labels really want to feel better about themselves, perhaps because they're deeply insecured, insecure, or yeah. they've been put down or whatever. It, it's it's it, oh, I yeah, don't think it's, it's ever. Tale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just not rooted from a healthy place, obviously. Yeah, Lily, un- that, that's that's actually. Oh my god, that's actually a good point. I'll have to remember that. Unkindness <laughs> is never rooted from a healthy place. Ooh, wow! I like. The, I, wow, I think I think we just created a new slogan. <laughs> okay, I love it. I, I who knew? Who knew? Okay. Oh, that's just so good. And you're right. I mean, you know, fighting against those labels as a young person growing up, here you are the most vulnerable and perhaps insecure time of your life. Your body's changing. All these things are changing. Just when yeah. you need all this being built up, you're by some people being torn down. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. I'm imagining, though, however, since you're more on the other side of things, that yeah. you were able to build some uh, some ways to counteract that and not have it, you know, fully fully get you know get past your protective barrier or whatever. However, you want to look at it. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, the older you get, you know, you have to learn how to establish that boundary for yourself that so that way no one can cross over you know right. whether it's a friend a foe a relative a coworker a boss right. a spouse right you know, and no, no one no one can get through that right exactly and and sort of saying to yourself wait a minute is that true and then of course the answer is no and then you can you know go from there however you are able to process that and not have it get in that's good and you're right the closer a person is to you in terms of relationship or what have you, the the more that might hurt. Oh gosh, right? If you have some yeah. random kid you really don't even know anyway, say something, you're like, 
But the closer into your own little circle that they are, I think the don't you think the more that hurts? Yeah, no. It's it's easy to get hurt by the people whom you care about the most. Right. Right. You know, it it is, you know. That's why and, and especially because you know, especially when you're collaborating with other artists, you know, because one thing I've learned and I saw like I forget who the name of this guy was, but he quote he state he made this one statement and I quote when people quit three feet from gold, they're not in love with your idea. Oh my gosh. They're not. They're either in love with what they could gain from it or, you know, what they can use you for in the process of uh, their own personal gain. Right. Say that one more time because that was just golden. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yes. Uh, so <laughs> those of you who might have a friend at home that you want to share this to, I say it again. If people quit on your idea three feet from gold, they're not in love with the idea. Right. Gosh, that is really good. They're not in love with the idea. And would you say that 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 also works for like yourself? Like if you quit right before you get there, you're like, you, you, you know, that really wasn't for you or you don't have the sting. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So wow, that's really good. Oh, very mm-hmm. good. Nice little fact there. Or actually a philosophy is saying that that has some real yeah. ring of no, truth it to it. it. Yeah. You're right. It's exa- it is. It's a it's a philosophy that, you know, as you get older, you know, you gradually start to pick up on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very good. All right, T Bone, what's a random fact about you that most people would not know? Random fact. Random fact that most people don't know. Hmm. Wow, that's actually a hard one. That's a really hard <laughs> one. Because I, 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 there, there hasn't been anything about me that I've never really like made known about myself. Okay. Well, maybe this doesn't apply to you then. Maybe it's all out there. <laughs> I guess, I guess so, not. That's <laughs> okay. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Okay. And that, that speaks to your being authentic and transparent and vulnerable because you have the courage to share in, in a form of self-expression, but also in a way to connect with others and perhaps even inspire, not that that's necessarily the motivation, but there's this yeah, beautiful, no, exactly. beautiful ripple effect that happens when we really show up as ourselves. Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Cause you know, it's, it's the only way to really be in this world, especially yes. in, the, in the music business and the performing arts business, mm-hmm. no other way to be, but authentic. That's right. Just, Very raw, good. Your, yeah. just be your raw, authentic self. And, you know, and I appreciate that about out. you. I really do. Your your post, your stories, the conversation that we've had. It's it's. I mean, you just you get that feel, that sense that that you are. You know, you're the real deal. That you are who you say you are, and that is like one of the best things you can say about anybody. Thank you. Yeah. No. And it's because you know what I grew up with as a child in Elmwood Park. You know, and what my what my parents had instilled in me still goes. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, it's oh, like you know, character's destiny. Right. Oh my gosh. 
I love that. What my parents instilled in me still goes. Oh my gosh. That's another nice goal. That's a, that's a goal. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's, it doesn't it, go out it, in style. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can, yeah. It can never be said any plate are truer than that. Right. Beautiful. Okay. How about some advice for your 10 year old self? Oh my God. Advice for my 10 year old self would be <laughs> keep going. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. That would be my, that would be my best advice. I would give my younger self. That's good. You know, very good. Cause it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger said this, said this himself. He said it best. The best, the best advice I was ever given was to keep chasing your dreams. Yeah. And the worst piece of advice I was ever given was that it can't be done. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh my gosh. That's good. Good. Look at this. You just got all the good, good stuff. Come, you're bringing all the, the, the A-list. You're bringing the whole, all the good stuff here. Thank you. Okay, so now it's time for a deep dive, and we're doing a series on surrender, which I know we, you know that. And so we're going to kind of, you know, have a conversation around that. Can you tell us a story about a time that you had to surrender and what that looked like? Well, um, man, I think, you know, I think there was really, there's this one story in particular, and it's kind of recent. Okay. So, and ultimately it was also, I feel like it was also a learning experience for me. Um, so, um, during one of my, and and for one of my endeavors with, you know, my, with my Jersey boy training camp project 63. Yes. By the way, I gave it a new name. Oh, um, (laughs) so, um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, project 63 is a, is a nonprofit free Broadway intensive training workshop that I operate geared towards particularly Jersey boys raising up, raising up the next generation of stars for the show. I myself also trained for the role of Frankie Valley in it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I started it pretty much from a place of, you know, love and passion for the show, for the music, for the era, for the art. So anyways, getting back to the story. So, I was um I was planning this um this holiday show that I recently did in New York um during like the week of Christmas. Right. I've been planning it since August. And around that time, I got to make a very close connection with one of the people in the show who I looked up to as a kid, and that was Donnie Kerr. He played the role of Norman Waxman in the show. Um he also revived the role in the movie. And Throughout the time that I've spent getting to know him, he's pretty much become like a good friend, a mentor to me. You know, he always knows how to you know keep me in check and keep me chucking straight ahead, especially, you know, in the pursuit of not just Jersey Boys, but the music business in general. Right. Got it. And um, so um, I ended up booking this this holiday show at a local piano bar. And, um, I really wanted to make this something, something grand, you know, not too grand for it being, you know, a small piano bar on West 44th street, right? but, 
grand enough to where, you know, I could get the group together. We could sing some holiday tunes, get the crowd up and running. Right. Um, and I, I really, you know, and of course, you know, I, I promoted it. I did all that I could to try to make it work. Um, and I would practice nonstop, but there were a few complications. Um, for one, the, um, what's it called? I accidentally, what I failed to realize was I ended up overselling the show to where people would have expected something bigger than what it really was. Okay. You know, and you know, normally when you're trying to put something together and you're putting it, especially if it's like a a show that you're a holiday show too. Right. You never want to like, you don't want to over or undersell yourself. Yeah. There's a fine line where, you know, you got to be very careful, you know, especially because if you're putting on a show, people are going to expect something out of it, whether right. it's something big, something small. The, the audience wants to, the audience wants a good show. Right, right. And the second complication I had was, you know, uh, the players that I was working with, you know, they were talented. They were super enthusiastic, but they were also like they were also dropping. They were dropping oh. like flies during the rehearsal process, oh. whether it was, and you know, some of it was due to a lack of enthusiasm for the idea. You know, you realize, you know, okay, they, you know, they basically, they quit three feet from gold and okay. others, you know, had other engagements coming up. Some of them had family trips coming up. So it was, you know, a lot of circumstances oh. that were way beyond my control. Right. You know, and you try to work around them, but you know, ultimately, you know, time waits for no one. Right. So in the end, I was pretty much the last man standing. And what I did was um I ultimately changed the um the set up to um an acoustic and piano set on guitar and piano. And um ah. I pretty much did, you know, a list of token standards, you know, I did uh war is over i threw in lonely this christmas i did some blue christmas and all that other stuff right and i threw some four seasons holiday selections i did their spins on have yourself a merry little christmas and uh i'll be home for you know stuff like that and then i threw in and then one of them that you know i had a lot of fun doing that night was and a, a basic standard of theirs that I felt it, it fit well with the holiday theme. It's a song called Toy Soldier. And the backstory behind that song is um, they're basically writing about soldiers that come home from war and they find out that their girlfriend is cheating on them, their girlfriend or their spouse. Right. So I knew I had to throw something in there that is a classic but that also fit the um the tone of right. you know christmas theme and everything okay so i did that um however the final complication that was kind of like the nail in the coffin there was there weren't enough people mm. actors or is that what you're saying audience members audience you know, I members had, yeah you know i had my i had a family and one friend show up and there were a few 
party goers, but ultimately it wasn't a, it wasn't a big enough crowd. Uh, and you know, it was it was disappointing. It was right. I'm not gonna lie, you know, I walked For out sure. of that I walked out of that show very disappointed. I felt a little jaded, you know. Because mm-hmm. it's easy. It's easy to get jaded in situations like that. But right, ultimately, right. um I also left with, you know, some encouragement, you know, from my mentor from uh the people who attended you know from my family my friends right right. you know even those even to the friends who couldn't be there for me you know because i was staying with a friend in uh in queens and you know he pretty much reminded me to not let this to not let the failures of that night remove like take away from the fact that I finally managed to do my first solo appearance in okay. New York. Uh-huh. Cause I've performed in New York plenty of times before for cabarets. I've done a few open mics. I was, I was a guest for certain sets. Right. And so um, ultimately I was, I felt like, you know what? I ended up leaving New York with a newfound sense of hope and knowing that um, I managed to finally do my own thing there. Right. I managed to make my own appearance. I, you know, did my thing. I had fun. So, right. That so was I, I love how your mentor reframed that for you, even though you, you pictured it one way. And on some level, when we picture something, we're expecting and hoping it's going to be close to what our image is. The reality, mm-hmm. as you were going through all these different variables that you really didn't have any control over kept happening. And then the whole shift or pivot of having to change what the show was going to be felt like a letdown and yet your mentor came stepped up and said well whoa, whoa let's right. take a look at this 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 yeah. is v- very different i mean of right. course it didn't yeah. go without you know a few reprimands oh t-bone literally just disappeared let's see if we can i mean like like poof like gone let's see if we can get him back here to hear the end of the story all right, we're going to take a pause, see if I can get him back. Well, we lost T-Bone, so I'm going to wrap up this episode um, on my own, which is absolutely fine. I think we got what we came for, which was hearing about his story of surrender and what it looked like. We got a lot of details about that. It sounds like he felt very disillusioned, very disappointed. And it also sounds like he used it as a learning experience to, you know, try to reframe things differently than the way he was looking at it because his expectations were so high. And yet with the expectations being so high, the letdown of not getting to where he wanted to get. And and I, I can definitely relate to that for sure. So taking his disappointment and feeling jaded, the mentor, which is why it is so great to have one or more people in your corner, your people who can 
provide that kind of feedback who can help you look at things from a, a different angle. Sometimes it's very hard to do naturally. That whole idea of looking at it differently and seeing, oh my gosh, but look at what this, what I, what did happen here, what I was able to accomplish. No, it wasn't what I was expecting, but look at all of the things I can tick off. I, I did my own show. I booked it in New York by myself. Um, you know, all of the, the many things that T-Bone was able to do. And that is a great, a great picture for us and myself included to remember to try to look at things from a different angle, a different side, almost like, um, a gem or a rock when you kind of, you know, adjust it in sort of different ways you can really see new and perhaps improve things. And it, it is good to not to just see things flatly. And then in terms of his advice, I think that's what it would be, would be to, um, you know, keep pursuing the things that are important to you. Like he said, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger quote, and then also to, as I was just saying, try to look at things from a different perspective. And if you need help doing that, you certainly can, um, you know, take one, ask one of your people to help you with that. So that's it for today, today's story of surrender. And if you yourself have one that you'd like to share, that'd be great. And by the way, if your response to that question is a little bit excited and a little bit scared, then that's a green light for me and reach out and let me know. I'd be happy to help make that happen. Okay. Have a good one, y'all. Bye-bye. Slowly, things changed and it was clear this was not going to turn out to be what T-Bone created in his mind. He had to decrease the scale of the show to fit realistic expectations. Some of the cast had to drop the show for a variety of reasons, and there was not an ample amount of advanced ticket sales. So what did he do? He surrendered to what was and ended up doing an acoustic one-man show, and it was good. And now a closing prayer. God, guide us with our dreams the things we want to make a reality, for we can only do that with your help as you place those very desires in us. Amen. Sometimes we surrender and it is actually better. So today, be unabashed. Be you.